Well, church, let me encourage you, if you would, to go ahead and grab a Bible and join me in the book of Matthew, Matthew's gospel, right at the beginning of the New Testament. And we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28 this morning, looking at a passage of scripture that is often referred to as the great commission, the great charge, the great calling of Jesus for his disciples, for his followers, right before he ascends into heaven at the end of his time on earth. After, after the cross and the resurrection, Jesus lays out this charge to his followers and says, this is what I want you to be about. We see that in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18. But before we go there, as you're, as you're finding it in the scripture, I do want to say right up front how grateful I am for Pastor Danny Wood coming back to preach for us last Sunday. Didn't Danny do a great job, church? Can we just thank him and celebrate him again? Just reminding us as a church of why we live the mission that we live and why as a church we are called to be a people who are sent into the world with the good news of the gospel. And as we step into Matthew 28, we're going to see that this mission that we hold up as a church, really, it comes straight from the word of God. And so Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20 is where we'll be. And I'd like to invite you, if you're willing and able, to stand up with me as I read from the Word of God. I know you were just seated. And I know if you're new to Shades, you're like, why are we standing up again? We, we just sat down. Well, the reason we do this is so that every time we gather and turn our attention to the Word of God, we can be reminded the Word of God is our foundation. This is the solid rock Underneath the feet of the people of God, the word of God has been the foundation for the people of God for generation to generation. The word of God lays before us what God says is right and good and true. This is what we need to hear. So we turn our attention to the Holy Scripture and we stand to be reminded this is our foundation. Jesus says this, verse 20, or chapter 28 of Matthew, verse 18, Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go therefore, the words of Jesus, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, Jesus says, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am so excited to be back and so excited to preach this message this morning. So let's pray together that God would use this in our lives, that God would show us what he knows we need to see. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful to gather as your people, grateful to have the opportunity to lift our voices in worship, grateful for the opportunity to have your word laid before us. And I pray, Lord God, in the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would use this time to, to open our eyes to what we need to see. Now, Lord, this, this, these words would not just be words on a page, but, but these would be words that, that are catalytic in our lives, that launch us out into this calling that you have placed on your church. Lord, use this time for your glory and use this time to position our hearts to receive what you know we need to hear. We thank you for the privilege that it is to gather 
in the name of Jesus. And it's in, it's in the name of Jesus that we collectively pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. And as you're being seated, I do want to draw your attention to something that's in all of the, the seats this morning. In fact, if this is at the end of, of your aisle or your row, if you could grab that stack of these and pass them down so that everyone in the room has the opportunity to at least see one of these. Maybe you share this with, with someone besides you and your family. But if everybody could go ahead and pass these down, we are entering into one of the most exciting weeks of the year here at Shades Mountain. We are entering in to our global impact impact catalyst is, is what we're calling it. This is an opportunity to celebrate the mission of God being lived out by ministry partners that we support and link arms with all around the world. We're going to have guests with us beginning on Wednesday this week from uh, our city, from our nation and church planning and, and from mission partnerships all around the globe who will come to Shades and be a part of this very special time with us. And so what you have here, this is a list of all the people who will be joining us this week. It's a prayer guide. And I'm asking you to begin praying even now for, for those partners who will join us this week to celebrate the Global Impact Catalyst. And then you'll also see the little red insert. That's, that's a schedule of all the events that will be happening beginning on Wednesday. We've got stuff Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and next Sunday, all part of the Global Impact Catalyst. And I want to ask you to prioritize as much of this as you possibly can, because we believe our team believes that this is going to be a very sacred, beautiful opportunity for us to be galvanized around the mission of God and to be sent out in the good news of the finished work of Christ as we celebrate and as we ask God to use us even greater in the days ahead. Would you be praying praying about this week, praying for our partners and praying specifically how God may call you to be involved as we think about the mission of God here locally and around the world. I'm praying that many of you would feel called to, to go on a short-term mission trip. I know many of you have been on mission trips, but the last couple of years with the COVID reality has, has shaken that all up. And, and some of you I know haven't been in a long time. Some of you have never been on a short-term mission trip. We're praying that many of you would feel called to step out on faith and go on a mission trip. We're, we're praying that some of you would feel called to, to step out on faith and become a part of a church plant. We're praying that some of you would feel called to step out on faith and go into full-time ministry or missions. We are praying that God would do a significant work, that there would be a move of, spirit, of his spirit that would happen over the next week here at Shades that would be a beautiful, beautiful testimony of the goodness of God. And there is a specific prayer that I wanna ask each and every one of you to be so bold to pray personally in your own life this week. We're going to put this up on the screen. You may want to take a picture of this with your phone or, or write this down. This is the, the Global Impact Catalyst Prayer. Would you be so courageous to pray this prayer? God, how do you want me to specifically leverage who I am and what I've been given for the sake of the gospel? 
That's the mission statement we're holding up as we talk about what it means to live sent, that we leverage who we are and leverage what we've been given for the sake of the gospel wherever we are and wherever God takes us. That's, that's a good statement to talk about, but can I just tell you, it's a dangerous statement to pray. Would you have the faith to pray, God, how do you want me to leverage who I am? and leverage what I've been given for the sake of the gospel in this season, at this time, what I'm walking through. Lord, how do you want me to take all that you've entrusted to me and take all that you've poured into me and leverage my life for the sake of the gospel? Let's pray that together this week. And let's ask God to show us what you want us to do with this invitation that you have provided us to be a part of your mission. I'm so thankful that I grew up in a church that took the Great Commission very, very seriously. I'm so thankful for the, the foundation that was laid there in my life at a very young age. I went on my first mission trip when I was 10 years old. I went on my first international mission trip when I was a freshman in high school, and it radically changed my life. Since that time, I've, I've been on mission trips to over 40 different countries around the world, seeing what God is doing among the nations, seeing a, a bigger view of who God is and, and what he's called and invited us to be a part of. You do not want to miss out on being a part of God's mission. It's the greatest journey you could ever be a part of. It's the greatest joy that you will find. And it comes straight out of this calling that Jesus lays before his disciples, again, right before he ascends into heaven. Matthew 28, look back at the scripture, verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As we talk about the mission, as we talk about going, as we talk about leveraging our lives for the sake of the gospel, let me just ask a question that gets brought up from time to time. Why should we do that? Why should we go? I mean, it, it feels so good and so safe right here, in here. Why don't we just stay together? Why should we go out into the world with the gospel? Why should we leverage our lives for the sake of taking the gospel to the world? Why should we get out even of our comfort zone and go to the world? Well, first and foremost, it's very important to see this. We go because Jesus calls us to go. That, that's, that's it right there. I mean, here it is in the scripture. I, I hope I'm not going too fast. We go because Jesus calls us to go. There is a mission that Jesus says he has for his people. There is a calling, a commission that Jesus says, if you are going to be my disciple, if you are going to call yourself a Christian, this is the mission that I want your life to be about, to go therefore into the world with the good news of the gospel. Make disciples, baptize those who become believers, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. This is the mission of the people of God. 
And that term, go therefore, it's so important to understand. It's, it's really most accurately translated as you go, as you are going into the world, make disciples, share the good news of what Christ has done. That's the reason why we say our mission to live sent is defined as leveraging who we are and what we've been given for the sake of the gospel, wherever we are and wherever God takes us. Where are we called to live the mission? Wherever we go. Who called us to live the mission? Jesus. That's what we need to know. The Savior has called us to go. Where has he called us to go? He's called us to go wherever we go with the good news of the gospel. We go into the world every single day with this calling to leverage who we are and what we've been given wherever we go. Jesus provides clarity to this even in Acts chapter one, verse eight, as if it's not clear enough in the Great Commission, Jesus says, go to the world and make disciples. He says, let me remind you where I want you to do this. Acts chapter one, verse eight, the final words of Jesus recorded in the scripture before he ascends up into heaven. So you know this is important. This is his final statement before he, he lifts off and ascends to the right hand of the father. He says to his disciples, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, th this is so important. The call to live the mission and where we live the mission is not about should we live this here or there. It's not about, oh, oh, oh there's, there's, a, there's enough needs in my neighborhood, so I'm only going to live the mission there, but I'm, I'm not going to live the mission anywhere else. Oh, there's so many needs around the world. I'm only going to live the mission there on a mission trip, but I'm not going to live the mission here when I'm at home. No, Jesus takes that all off the table. He says, wherever you go, you go with the gospel. Wherever you go, you leverage your life. Wherever you go, you are a witness of the good news of a life change that happens through Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is saying to his disciples, every one of you has a story. It's a story that needs to be heard by someone. It's a story of good news of the dead coming to life. It's your story if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you don't have a story, if you don't have an eyewitness account of the good news of the gospel changing your life, you might be religious, but you're not a follower of Jesus. Because every follower of Jesus has a story of the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God. Even if it was at a very young age where you realize, I, I know I can't save myself. I know I need a savior. I know that Jesus is my only hope. Jesus says, if you are my follower, you are a witness to this good news. So go into the world, wherever you are, Right where you live, he calls that Jerusalem. That was the home base for the disciples. And then he says, hey, and Judea and Samaria, as you leave your home and go on, on your travels or go on your work, wherever you may go, even to the ends of the earth, you take the good news of the gospel as a witness every 
where you go. Sometimes people break this down like, okay, let's start with Jerusalem. And if we nail that, if we get really good at, at loving our city, then maybe we'll move over to Judea and Samaria. And then, man, if we're really spiritual and like an awesome, awesome Christian, then we'll go to the ends of the earth. That's not what this is saying. Jesus is saying, wherever you go, from your home to the ends of the earth, wherever you go, you go with the gospel. You go with the message of hope that the world needs to hear. You go with the good news of what Jesus Christ has done in your life. You take it with you everywhere you go. We go to the world because Jesus calls his followers to go to the world. Look back at the scripture, Matthew 28, 19 again says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then listen to this, verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Why is this important? Because what Jesus says is right and good and true. Why is it important that we talk about what Jesus has said and what Jesus has taught and how Jesus lived? Because Jesus is the hope for the world. Do you see this? We go to the world because the gospel is the only hope for the world. And Jesus says the world needs to hear this. You're a witness. You have a story if you're a follower of Christ. Go to the world because the world is longing for hope. And don't we see this every single day? All around us every single day is a world that is desperately longing for hope. And looking wherever they can look to grab a hold of something that they think will provide hope for their lives. There, there are some who are looking to, to politics and going, oh, if we can just get the right person, if we can just get the right party in power, if we can, if we can just have the right elect, elected official, then finally, finally, all that we've longed for will come to fruition and we will have hope. And over and over again, people are disappointed. Some people are looking at our culture and they're looking at the changes in our culture and they're celebrating. Because they're going, if people can just be able to do whatever they want to do, and if they can just choose for themselves however they want to live, and if they can just determine for themselves, like look in their own heart and say, oh, this is how you feel today, just go do that. This is how you feel tomorrow, just change and do that. If we can just give people freedom to do whatever they want, and express themselves sexually however they want, and express themselves in gender however they want, and just find your way. If we can just give people all that freedom, then there will be hope. But more and more, it's leaving people hopeless. There are some all around us every single day who say, if I could just have more stuff, if I could just get to the level where that guy's living, if I can just have the things that that, that lady has, if, if I can just acquire for myself more stuff, then finally I'll be fulfilled and I'll have the hope that my heart is longing for. And the more stuff we have, the more we see how hopeless it really is.
There's a world longing for hope. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, if you are my follower, you have the hope that the world longs for. So go share it. I want you to know I've been so encouraged over the last week or so reading stories and seeing reports of what God is doing on some college campuses right now in our nation. You may have heard about what's happening in this revival at Asbury College. You may have heard about how it's spread to other campuses around our country, including right here in Birmingham at Sanford University. Friday night, I I went down to to Reed Chapel at Sanford and walked into the room and hundreds of college students were were worshiping Jesus and praying and, and, and on their knees and on their face before the Lord. I was there for several hours. I was blown away. Church, we need to be encouraged because college students are seeing the hope of the gospel is the hope of the world. All this other nonsense, it doesn't bring hope. But praise God, praise God, there is a generation, there is a generation that in many ways has been written off that says no, No, we believe that there is a God and we believe that there are answers and we believe that there is truth and we believe that this God of grace and mercy is still at work in our generation today. Thank you, college students, for leading the way. Thank you, college students, for reminding those of us in the church that the Spirit of God still wants to move in power because the gospel is the hope of the world. And the more hopeless the world appears, the more the world needs to hear. There really is a hope. His name is Jesus. We go to the world because the gospel is the only hope for the world. And when times get dark, when the world seems confused, the hope of the gospel shines so brightly. I want to share a personal story of this. One of my favorite quotes in this regard from a sermon that was preached many, many years ago, a sermon that was actually preached in 1943. If you know anything about world history, you know 1943 was a chaotic time as the world was at war. World War II. And there was confusion and there was fear And yet, there were many who were saying this is an opportunity for God to shine his light, and this is an opportunity to demonstrate hope to the world. And one of those individuals that was preaching a message of hope in the midst of a world at war was a pastor in Macon, Georgia, at Tattnall Square Baptist Church. That pastor was my great-grandfather, Lewis Hanley Wright. And I have a collection of the sermons that he preached during World War II, as many in his church were concerned, obviously, about what was going on around the world, and many were sending their sons off to war, and many had lost loved ones, and and things looked really dark in many ways, and he continued to preach the gospel, and in this specific sermon, he shared this, there are two great words of the gospel, It's my great-granddaddy. The word come is the call to a needy world. 
And the word go is God's marching orders. What will we do about it? We must come to him for our orders. And then we will have, when we have come to him, we will be in a position to hear the cry of the world that is saying, come and give us the message we need to give us peace and liberty. That's the same cry of our world today. Please, someone give me hope. I've tried politics, I've tried material things, I've tried wealth, I've tried accomplishments, I tried that relationship, I tried this sexual thing, I tried this thing over here. Lord, there's gotta be something that'll give me hope. The world is crying out, please show us where hope is found. And we, the people of God, have been given a call. The call is to go. Take the hope that the world desperately needs to hear and show them the good news of what Jesus Christ has done. We go to the world because the gospel is the hope of the world. And third and finally, look back at verse 20, Matthew 28. I'm so thankful for the words of Jesus at the end of this great commission. He says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Church, we go to the world, please hear this. We go to the world because it grows our faith in the power and the authority of the one who sent us. Why do you think Jesus says to his disciples, I am with you always to the end of the age? Well, would you just back up a little bit before Jesus ascends into heaven and think about the week that the disciples lived leading up to this point? Palm Sunday. Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem on, on, a, on a donkey, palm branches being waved everywhere, people throwing their robes and their tunics in the streets, celebrating Jesus, crying out, Hosanna. The disciples are there and they're thinking, this is it. This is why we're following this guy. We're on top of the world. We're following the most popular man in the world. This is the Messiah. We get to be a part of this. It's amazing. And in just a few short days, those same voices that were crying Hosanna are crying out, crucify him. And the disciples must be going, what in the world just happened? We thought Jesus was the Messiah. Now they're taking him away to be crucified. We thought Jesus was the hope of the world and, and now he's, he's hanging, dying on a cross. What, what, what's going on? We thought Jesus was the answer and, and now, now he's dead. Imagine what the disciples must have been feeling. And then just a couple days later, uh, this amazing, supernatural, divine, spiritual, miraculous event takes place. The, the stone is rolled away. The tomb is empty. Jesus is standing before the disciples. They, they touch his hands and his feet where the nails were. They see the hole in his side and they realize he has resurrected from the grave just as he said he would. 
He has defeated sin and death. And in all this excitement and celebration of the resurrected Savior, now Jesus is standing before them and he's saying, hey guys, I know it's been a crazy week. Crazy week. I'm about to leave. But I've got something for you to do. Imagine this. I want you to go into the world with what you've seen and what you've experienced and what you've heard and I want you to share with the world the hope that you have because of what I've done. Do you think they were nervous? Do you think they're going, how are we gonna do this, Jesus? I mean, Jesus, what's the plan here? Just go. Well, where are we supposed to go? Wherever you go, take the gospel. Well, what if they don't like it? Well, just, just keep sharing. When are we supposed to move to the next city? You'll know. What's the five-year plan? Just go. What's the 10-year plan? Keep going. That's it. And you can only imagine how overwhelming it must have felt. And so Jesus looks at him, and I just can only imagine what this moment was like for the disciples. He looks at the disciples standing there after he lays out this great commission. He says, don't worry. I'm going to be with you always. This is not about your power. It's not about your creativity. It's not about some awesome plan that you can come up with. This is about you understanding that I'm going to be with you always, even to the end of the age. So as you go, you'll have everything you need. See, the reason I share this is because as a pastor, I often get to to hear from people saying, man, I just want to experience more of God in my life. I, I want to see God at work in my life. I, I want the power of God in my life. If you've ever thought that, if you've ever felt that, if you've ever had that desire to experience more of God in your life, then go live on mission. Go leverage your life for the sake of the gospel. Because you see, God is going to show you his power and authority when you need it most. And you need the power and authority of God the most when you're living by faith and trusting him at his word. I'll just go ahead and be honest with you. You don't need much power and authority of God to stay walled off from the world. You don't need much power and authority of God to remove yourself from the rest of the world. But when you start to live by faith, when you start to live the great commission, when you start to take the gospel with you wherever you go and leverage your life wherever you are and wherever God takes you, you better believe you're gonna need the power and authority of the one who sent you. And so Jesus says, hey, here's the calling. Here's what I've asked you to do. Here's what I want you to be about. And know this, as you go and as you leverage your life, I will be with you to the end of the age. Do you want to see the power of God in your life? Then get out of your comfort zone and go live the Great Commission. Why why do people not live this mission in the church? 
I've been around the church for all of my life. I've been around a lot of church people that have a lot of different opportunities and, and options. And the only conclusion I can, I can come to at this point in my life on, on why many people don't live the mission and many people don't leverage their life in the American church is because many people in the American church have just grown comfortably afraid. Maybe that's your story. You're just comfortably afraid. See, it's certainly not that we lack opportunity. We have more opportunity to go to the world than ever before. It's easier to travel the world than ever before. It's either to share, easier to share with the world than ever before through technology and all that's available to us. It's not that we're lacking resources. We have an abundance of resources. And not only that, we have a God who controls the cattle on a thousand hills. It's, it's not that we lack resources. What we lack is faith. We're comfortably afraid. We love our comfort. We're controlled by our fear. And as a result, many times we don't see the power and authority of God on display in our lives. We just don't even really need it. Jesus says, as you go to the world, you're gonna see me in ways that you've never seen before. And your faith is gonna grow in ways that's never grown before because as you go, I will be with you even to the end of the age. And your faith in the one who has the power and authority and who sent you on this mission will grow as you see God at work in and through your life. Are you living by faith in such a way that you desperately need to see the power and authority of God on display? You see, Jesus doesn't say go to the world when it's comfortable Go to the world when it's easy and convenient. Go to the world when it feels really, really safe. No, Jesus says, go to the world and I will be with you and that's what you need to know. Go to the world and I will be with you and that's what you need to know. And some push back and go, well, what if something bad happens when we go? Well, it could in fact, I'll go so far as to tell you that none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Something bad could happen to us when we walk out of the door and get into our cars. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. But what we are guaranteed if we are a follower of Jesus Christ is that he will be with us to the end. And even after the end, we get to be with him forevermore. There's no greater hope than that. And so Jesus says, go, I'll be with you. I'll have everything you need. And when the end comes, guess what? You get to be with me. Share the hope that you have with the world and watch your faith grow. Experience the power and authority of the one who has sent you. You won't experience that power and authority by sitting still. You will experience the power and authority of the one who has sent you as you go. 
and live the gospel. I'm gonna give an example of this and then I'll close. A few years ago, I had the privilege of going on a mission trip to the country of Lebanon in the Middle East. And this was right on the tail end of what was just a horrific refugee crisis coming out of the country of Syria as literally millions of people flooded out of Syria because of war and persecution and chaos and all that was happening in that country. And many people had, had fled into Lebanon and there were all of these tent villages, these refugee villages with literally thousands upon thousands of people who were living in these tent villages. And we had the opportunity for several days on the border of, of Syria there to to interact with these refugees and to hear some of their stories and to pray with them and to, to share the gospel with them. And here's what we heard on many different occasions. There were many people that had fled from Syria and had come to faith in Christ in the process. Please hear this. It was amazing for me to hear because they had experienced this this crazy dream in the middle of the night as they were literally running for their lives. And, and the dream that many people had, had experienced was something like this. There was a man in white that was calling me out of darkness into light. And in the grace of God, some of those refugees interacted with some followers of Christ in Lebanon and they begin to share this dream and they begin to ask the question, who is this man in white? And those believers in Lebanon began to share the good news of the gospel and many people had come to faith. They had seen the light calling them out of the darkness and they had trusted in Christ. And it was amazing. We're hearing these stories. We're going, this sounds like the Bible. I mean, this is phenomenal. But the stories didn't end there. Because you see, many of those individuals that trusted their life to Jesus Christ, they were coming out of Islam. And their families, when their families heard of, of the decision they had made, many of their families disowned them. Many of their families said, I want nothing to do with you. In fact, some of their family members had even been aggressive with them and threatened them or come after them physically. And as you hear those stories, you think, well, maybe this is a good time to, to pull back then and let's not talk about the gospel. Let's, let's retreat. Let's find a safe place. And yet, that wasn't what we heard a single time. Every time what we heard from those brand new followers of Christ who were being persecuted by their own family members for their decision of faith, we heard them say, would you please pray for us? to have the courage to continue to talk about Jesus. Would you please pray for our family who is persecuting us, that they would come to faith in Jesus? Would you please pray that we don't back down, but that we share the hope that we have? Their stories were not stories of fear or comfort. They were stories of power. Why? Because they believed they had a savior who was with them to the end. Oh, that that would be our story.
that we would not be a people who look at our culture and shrink back in fear. That we would not be a people who hide behind all of the comforts of this world that we have at our fingertips. But that we would be a people who hear the call of God and have the faith to go because he has called and because he has changed our lives and because this good news that we have received is the hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And because we want more of God in our lives. And we want to see his power and authority on display. I've been praying for years that God would do something in my life that no one in my life could take credit for, including me. But that God would move in such a way that it is the only thing can be said is that God did that. Don't you want to be a part of something like that? Don't you want to experience the power and authority of the one who has sent us? He's promised as you go to be with you to the end. May we trust him at his word. May we live this mission with passion. And may we see God do greater things through us than we could even come up with on our own as our faith grows watching the hope of the gospel transform lives. This is the call of God for the people of God. Let me pray for us as we close. Father, we are so thankful for your word and so thankful that there were some people many years ago who read this great commission and took it seriously and lived by faith and leverage their life for the sake of the gospel to be an, a witness and a testimony of the good news of Jesus to us. Thank you for people throughout the generations who have taken the Great Commission seriously and have shared the good news of the gospel so the good news of the gospel could come to us. And thank you, Lord, for giving us hope in Jesus Christ in the midst of a world that just seems crazy. Thank you for the hope of the gospel that we have and the promise of a Savior who is with us all the way to the end. Oh, Lord, I pray that we would be a people who would take seriously this call, that it would become the passion of our lives as we go to make disciples, to share the gospel, to leverage our lives and to point people to the hope that we have in Christ. Lord, use us for your glory. Use us. Put us in places where we are desperate for your power and your authority so our faith will grow. Use us for your glory. 
And Father, as I close, I would be remiss if I did not pray specifically for those among us who have yet to experience in a personal way the good news of this gospel. That there is a savior whose name is Jesus who died on a cross for, for their sin, for my sin. That there is a savior who rose from the grave and defeated sin and death and invites them, invites us to come and to receive the gift of salvation, to receive the gift of eternal hope, to receive the gift of peace with God, to receive the gift of a new life that comes in Christ. Lord, please open the eyes of those who have been blinded to this truth to receive this good news. Lord, we praise you. We praise you for the gift of salvation. And I pray, Lord God, that we would not take it for granted, that we would not keep it to ourselves, that we would not hide it from the world, but that we would take it with us everywhere we go, and that we would be a people who share the hope that we have. I pray this week, Lord, that you would do incredible things things that we can't plan for, things that we're not even aware of. I pray that you would, you would call people out in faith in beautiful ways. Use this week to be catalytic, launching us out into this beautiful mission. And thank you for the privilege that it is to be involved. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.